It's Monday, August 2nd. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. How's it going, Tyler? You nailed it. You got yeah, all three names. I'm so Ooh. proud of you. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's uh, it's an afternoon recording session, so I'm very awake and very aware, but I'm also exhausted because today was back to back to back to yeah. back to back. Dude, I, I got to be honest. I mean, we recorded at, well, we didn't record Monday or Wednesday last week. And then we didn't record at 8 a.m. on Friday when we did a recording. We did it at like 4.30 or 5, even something like that. I don't know. We stopped at like 6 o'clock on Friday night or evening. I don't know if we can do it. I, I don't know if, if you guys can move to like 4 o'clock or whatever, but I'm loving no. it. Tech you know? breakfast. Breakfast. I know. I know but you got to get your news people- in the morning. That's half the fun. When people listen to it on demand or whatever, nobody, I, you know, nobody wants to do this at the end of the day. It's old uh, news by then. We're, we'll be, we'll be just like every other news outlet, like yeah. giving people news they already heard. But it's up to, well, no, it's up Again, to the moment on the Tech Breakfast podcast. <laughs> no, but it's up to the moment whenever we record <laughs> it. You're just rationalizing it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like you know, work stuff is increasing, responsibilities there, and yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right, man. Let's uh, let's definitely not forget to do today in tech history because it's now been oh, a week since we've done one? one of those. Here oh, we go. No. Here we go. Uh, the very first San Francisco cable car, August second. Oh, goodness. Today, I'll let you just kind of guess cable the car again the the decade. But try to give me a year though. Give me a year. Uh, all right. So the Clay Street Railroad. <laughs> begins operation, making it the first cable no car idea. in San Francisco's now famous cable car system. Uh, I'm, I'm sticking with it because I have no idea. What did you say? Give me give me 42. a full year. 1942. 42 what? 1942? 1873. <laughs> I was so close. <laughs> so close. <Yeah. laughs> You're like 70 years <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, you see, I don't know anything about California's timeline or yeah. trains, apparently, because... Yep. 42 sounded reasonable to me. Actually, no, it really doesn't in retrospect, but it's actually pretty incredible that California, well, that San Francisco was large enough by the early 1870s that a cable car system down the street made sense. sense. Right. Exactly. No, I know. That's, that's, I'm at odds in my head with all of that, which is why I guess the 40s, which is ridiculous. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Cool. Cool. Okay. All right. Um, well, I would say good job, but that was a terrible job. No, that uh, was this was pretty awful. Yeah. I, I did, did you? I did a terrible job. So just switching to modern news, did you hear about the uh, Microsoft Windows 365 Cloud PC service? It's no, coming out. No. No. Yeah, I feel like range. I've heard about it in the past, but I, I not recent news. What happened? Yeah. Well, they talked about it, but um, so we're now getting pricing information and all that. So Ooh. it's going to range from twenty dollars to one hundred and sixty-two dollars per user per month. I'm imagining. Oof. Well, it's resource, you know, capabilities and whether or not it's persistent or not. I imagine, um, but yeah, be based. Everything on, is uh, a service. That's right. Be based on helping cores. people live paycheck to paycheck, no matter what their financial <laughs> situation is. That's right. Uh, people are so addicted to as a service or just monthly payments. It's, which for businesses and agility, way. I feel like this is okay. It's yeah. It's like 
leasing a car, which right. financially makes zero sense 99% of the time. And I won't get into the weeds. There are some situations because at the end of the day, you should be negotiating the purchase price of the vehicle for whether you're negotiating a lease or negotiating a purchase. But if you're going to buy a new car, which that's an argument in and of itself right there. If you're going to buy a new car every three years, okay, fine, screw it, lease it. You're yeah. going to pay for all the depreciation up front anyways. Like, who cares? But, yeah. and then, then there are potentially some fringe benefits and, you know, the negotiation can could potentially be in your, in your advantage. So spin that to a business perspective. What, what does a new car every three years mean? Well, it's agility, it's modernization, it's the ability to you know, get the most out of an investment. And you can create you know, a business plan around that. You can tie it to value. The, a car that you're just paying for depreciation, like they, there aren't that many yeah. individuals that can justify that for the same purpose. As a service makes a lot of sense if you need to look at it that way. If you need to turn on a dime, if you need to upgrade as soon as you can, if if literally being able to calculate that faster results in faster payment, more payment, more customers, better user experience, like a thousand things and from a business perspective, cool. Yeah. But for everyone else, as a service is a luxury. Sure. And and if you're just consuming it as a luxury, even if it's the simplicity, you know, check the boxes, great it doesn't make it a good financial decision. And if everything moves to a luxurious as a service model, your, your income is going to get wrecked. Right. Yep. So do you see people using something like this? The, the oh, for sure. Some people will. I, and I imagine some of it depends on, um, I mean, that's kind of a dumb question. Like, like you actual know pricing too. It, well, of but course, yeah. Yeah. but, but I could see the exception to everything I just said too, would be, you know, call, call it burstiness, right? What if, what if I don't need my asset to be persistent? And what if it's okay if I only have access to it once or twice a month? But is Microsoft actually going to make a pricing system that makes sense for somebody to, quote, rent a cloud computer for two days out of the month? Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know about that. Maybe, but I doubt it. For two days? Yeah. So the, what they they're don't, talking they about don't right want now. to make it really cheap for you to access a computer twice out of the month. They just want recurring revenue from them. Sure. Sure. My opinion. That's, that's, it's a little selfish? strong, but selfish. <laughs> maybe? Um, uh, revenue. Well, this is getting, yeah. yeah revenue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's getting a little bit off topic of, of this, but I was reading an article the other day that was talking about Microsoft being um, like purposefully quiet in what they say and what they get into and how they're perceived in public. So that way they are Weird. not as apt to be attacked for oh. monopoly. Um, it, it was just as fast. It it's not just of, monopoly though, too. It's also just it's like when people, when yes. sentiment is negative, sentiment. Yes, correct. Then legislators, especially in the United States, but I imagine this is true yeah. anywhere where you have representative legislation, they're yeah. going to naturally gravitate towards trying to appease that. So right. that's, that's actually wise. Yeah. It, it's kind of the, it's kind of the, I don't know, the antithesis of everybody jumping on Apple whenever people are like, yeah, I don't know. Do they really have a monopoly? You know, and we don't need to get into the walled garden <laughs> conversation, all that kind of stuff. We've done that plenty in the past. Uh, they can't because I love them. <laughs> they can't. But anyway, back to oh, this. My hugs here. A, uh, whatever. A uh, <laughs> single, single virtual core, uh, two gigs of RAM and 64 GV of storage. What is GV? Excuse me, what? Uh, what is GV? Is that just huh. a typo? That's got to be a typo because V is right next to B on the keyboard. 
cool that they didn't okay. fix that. Fire yeah. the intern. 64 gigs of storage or gives of storage. Uh, we'll go for $20 per user per month. Yeah. So it, it's not like if you use it for two days, it's not, you know, buy the drip or whatever, but, and then at the high end, uh, eight virtual cores, 32 gigs of Ram, 512 GB of storage. Yep. So uh, we'll go for 158 per user per month. And then there's all, there, there's a bunch oh, of people. I mean, yeah. think about how long you've owned your last high performance laptop. I like, I, I'm, I'm all for these kinds of things. That, Again, that's $1,900 a year, by the way. For people that's a shitload. load quick math, this yeah. is my point it's not this isn't it's not close enough to say hey wait maybe i should do that honestly if if i'm willing to spend two thousand dollars on a laptop or a desktop and a service like this exists and i spend two thousand dollars over three years and at the end of three years i get a new asset that had none of the problems the one that I just had, like we're talking, heck, make yeah. it $2,500. I'm still paying you more than I would have for that other asset, right? And in sure. Microsoft's case, I'm paying you for all of it, which is which is a lot more revenue for them. That's cool. We're like, yeah. we're, we're really talking right now. Yeah. You want to triple the cost of a better asset, which, because all of those specs are not like anything Russ would buy as an example. For $2,000 a year? I'm out. I'm out. Okay. <laughs> so let me let me read the bottom of this article here on ZDNet.com. Um, this is where I'm getting the information from. But there's there's a little update from the author. It says, I see lots of people comparing the price of Windows 365 to the cost of buying a new PC with comparable specs and laughing about the cost of Windows 365. They go on to say, actually, a more apt comparison may be Azure Virtual Desktop, where users pay for Azure services consumed and Windows 365 slash cloud PC Great. as suggested in this post. Who are you targeting? Yeah, exactly. In that comparison, Windows 365 could save uh, some customers money, but yes, these Windows 365 prices are rather shocking. Two things to remember, Microsoft is likely offering substantial discounts off these estimated retail prices for those interested in buying in volume. And secondly, Virtualized desktops are definitely not for everyone, though they make sense for some specific use cases. Right. And so if this is yeah. business-focused, even as a small business, then totally different story, right? You get an MSG. Sure. There's lots of stuff that you can roll into something like that. The costs are not going to be comparable to an asset that you're purchased on-premises necessarily. I totally get it. But yeah. when I hear stuff like that, I think, oh, you're trying to talk consumers into buying an asset in the cloud. I'm sorry, but that's what you compare it to. Sure. That would be like somebody walking in to buy a Tesla truck and then being like, you can't compare this to an F-150. You have to compare it to a Mack truck. Like, <laughs> no, no, I don't. Because that's stupid. <laughs> All right. Um, so I got to ask because it's the top of techmeme.com. I know nothing about this. I would be a total <laughs> nerd, but Google, I know it. <laughs> Google unveils the Pixel 6 with a 6.4 inch 90 Hertz display, which that seems like a lot. And the Pixel 6 Pro with a 6.7 inch display and 4X optical zoom featuring a Google designed Tensor SOC coming in the fall. Is this is this news at all or is this cool or no? Or I, I think it just confirms the rumor that all of that stuff was coming. So anybody that likes the Pixel lineup and the support they get from Google, like yeah. Russ, um, are probably just pumped to see them saying, yes, it's coming, which means it's coming in what, September, October, the fall event, right? Yeah. So they announced it in, in the geos that it's going to be available in. Um, it's, it's a big update to the Pixel line. 
And this is the one, because they also confirmed this, they will have their Whitechapel chipset. So it has uh, like the TensorFlow, or not TensorFlow, but the TensorSock and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll actually get to see what uh, Google's vertically integrated silicon looks like. Sock um, also mean that's systems on, uh, system on a chip, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. right. You're right. So it's more than just a, a particular device. You know, they're going to, yeah. they're, they're, like, they, there's a, I think there's a Google Sock um for like AI, like mobile AI specifically, they're going to have yeah. a unit, a unit that's so it's like used a, for, uh, for security. Listener, oh, sorry. No, no, sorry. Um, for our listeners, it's basically like um, a full. When you think about a computer and everything that the major parts that make up a full, you know, PC, it's all of that on a chip is the right. concept, right? So, so they're they're dedicated to do specific purposes, but they're basically running their entire environment in those things, which means they can do a lot of really cool stuff. They can, they're also hyper optimized usually, so there are particular processes they can make that. This should um, this should be a, a big update to the camera, and it sounds like that's a bit of yeah. Information too. Well, that's, and that's what been I was looking a big, at. That's been a big holdout for the Pixel for a while because the software has been really solid. Part of the reason I think they haven't updated the the camera hardware. This is a camera hardware update. So this, this is a big update for the Pixel lineup. And I'm not going to lie. This is probably the year that I replaced my phone. And I just have high likelihood that I pick up a Pixel device this year because I'm, I'm ready to jump the Samsung bandwagon. And this looks like the right update for me. So Yeah. But it's the same OS though, right? Uh, they usually they usually update uh, do a major Android update. Well, same-ish though, right? Pixel. It's the same feel. Well, it's Android. Yeah, Android, yeah. yeah. But it's not like... It's not like some crazy different versions of Linux or something like that, right? That, that's Linux based. Uh, I see what but... you're saying. No, 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 no. So, so this is this is vanilla Android. This is Android that uh, AT and T and Samsung and and LG and all of the other manufacturers get before they they bloat it, right? So, yeah. naked vanilla Android is a arguably a better user experience. Um, I used to actually hack my phones to get vanilla Android experiences on flagship hardware that mm-hmm. wasn't just whatever Google's partnership was that year. Um, the Pixel lineup is designed to run vanilla Android, which means it doesn't have bloat at all. It's got Google applications out of the gate. If I'm not mistaken, you could remove all of them if you want minus gotcha. the Play Store and some of the services. But it, it tends to run faster and have more actual usable space as a result of not having stuff you can't get rid of, like Samsung's services. Cool. Um, so, so it's the same OS, but arguably more streamlined. Gotcha. Yeah. And so it was going on here. Um, Google's Rick Osterloh uh, was demonstrating the Tensor SOC, the systems on a chip, which apparently enables real-time object detection and HDR in videos, which is cool. HDR is a cool uh, photo thing, but having that in videos is wild, Uh, as as well as real-time translation and live captions. And then I was pulling up this other article, uh, which is, I mean, that's cool in itself, right? Like real-time translation, real-time captions, you know, if you're broadcasting live streaming or whatever, you're getting the system on the chip itself is doing real-time. Well, and this is why... it's why I think it's actually exciting and why you're seeing it at the top of, you know, tech meme, Mars Technica, stuff like that is that if, if Google succeeds with um, really moving the needle with their Silicon, then I don't think anyone's going to argue that Google doesn't offer some pretty phenomenal services. And now potentially they're going to be able to offer them real time on devices with low power consumption. And that's a, that's a big deal. 
So this this could be exactly what you want to see from vertical integration in an in an application, right? I mean, this is it's akin to what iOS already does to some extent, right? Because Apple produces the operating system, they have uh, catered hardware. Now they have catered silicon to the hardware, and that's beneficial to the end user. Um, Android's everywhere. This is Android on crack. Yeah. Okay. And then this other one, this other article I found on it, uh, when a user attempts to photograph a person in motion, the Pixel 6 will capture a photo from the main sensor with a normal exposure while also taking another photo with the ultra wide lens using a much cool. faster shutter speed. The phone then, oh, then nice. can utilize the this new tensor chip to combine the two photos, taking colors and detail from the longer exposure and preserving more facial clarity thanks to the shorter exposure. So the yeah, whole concept is like when you take a picture of your dog, like you know, turning their head and whatever, and it's blurred or their kid, the kid running by or something, they're going to we'll combine both of those time. and then unblur the photo. It's incredible. Yeah, and, and this is the kind of stuff yeah, I mean, we've talked about all the sort of AI photo manipulation stuff that's out there. Good, bad, ugly, whatever, whether it's, you know, the, the equivalent of a modern fixing of red eye in software, the stuff they're going to be able to do to use software to fix problems with uh, what you usually get out of like a single sensor which is you're, you're going to make adjustments to your aperture, your, your ISO settings, uh, you know, the other, the other um, limiting physical factors of a, a single lens, single sensor capture, take it across multiple sensors, but then in real time, give you the feedback of an adjusted image using actual light, not making some estimation and changing a pixel based on that estimation. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see some pretty cool photo stuff out of this. So take new camera hardware, add systems on a chip sensitivity uh, to how they're going to approach using it, stitch it together with some really solid software, which they already had. I mean, Pixel pixels have had excellent image quality, like competitive in flagship devices, despite not changing their sensors or their lenses for a while. Hmm. They're, they're, this is a huge upgrade. And everybody knows that mobile cameras are a big freaking deal yeah so cool. i think it's cool it's good awesome man um what's next here do you want me to just jump to the next one or you got something man i i did not have time for news today ah, no worries get no worries this Dude, morning. I'll keep throwing stuff at you do it throw it um all right so youtube is looking to offer premium light which oh, sounds yay. like a beer or something <laughs> <laughs> subscription it's spelled l-i-t yeah, it's L I T E. Of course it is. Yeah, premium light. And uh, and that's, I guess, what triggered it in my brain. But uh, <laughs> it offers ad-free viewing for less. And so it looks like they're they're uh, kicking so it off. Premium? It's being tested in Belgium, Denmark. Yeah, I'll get there in just a second. But it's being tested in Belgium, Denmark, Finland, Luxembourg, the Netherlands, Norway, and Sweden. So I don't know why they're picking that particular area of uh, the <laughs> because world because not enough people are paying for the full service one <laughs> yeah that's it's got to be what it is got to be have money like, spend it on our stuff <laughs> yeah we have zero <laughs> share of wallet uh, up here in the nordics and we've got to get something so um but it's typically so premium for youtube is 11.99 a month um and so they're trying to do they're doing 6.99 a month uh your, this is euros uh is what it's in for euros and so it's 60% less but it's like or sorry i think it's 40% less um but it's like only 25% of the features uh well, what are the features yeah well the features so basically you get ad free youtube is what it is 
right? What do you get in pro? I thought so I was in, at in the premium. Years. Well, yeah, in the premium, you get things like background playback, right? Which, which frustrates me to no end that I can't do that. And that's probably, I mean, that's why they do that. They this want me to pay like for On it. your iPhone, you mean? Yeah, on the, on the iPhone. So like if, if you're watching, you know, Netflix or, you know, Apple TV or Plus yeah, or, yeah. or whatever, uh, or you're listening to something in Spotify, you can go away from the app and you can still listen. Or if it's video playback, like YouTube would be, it just does picture in picture. Well, YouTube sure. won't do that unless you're paying for YouTube premium. But YouTube so, premium oh, will also give great. you like... So they're just chasing iPhone users. Yeah, well, and, I don't and know. And those people, they Maybe. spend money on stuff like that all the time. Oh yeah, Android <laughs> well, does that out getting, of the box. It does it everything. <laughs> picture in picture, split screen, whatever. We've had it since like the 80s. On YouTube? <laughs> on, on iPhone or Android, I mean. I know, but on but And yeah, YouTube, YouTube, absolutely. Picture in picture on YouTube has been around for a long time on Android. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, then they're just chasing uh, iPhone users. But all their premium features, one of the other big ones is like offline downloads and stuff like that. So anyway, uh, this is yeah, just, I don't think we, we annoy the hell out of you with ads, which I'm almost at the point, like I watch enough YouTube just to like learn how to do <laughs> different things with my car or whatever, sure. that paying seven bucks a month is probably going to be worth it for me because it might be just, just your ads. I'm That's getting inundate. close to what I might pay to get rid of ads. Yeah. Well, and dude, and I like, I'll watch something and maybe it's like a 45 second, inst you know, um, instructional video. And when it gets to the end, there's like pre-roll ads and then post roll oh, God, ads. and the mid roll and, and right in the well, middle too. Well, yeah, but they'll do that. But even like on a short video, if I wanted to replay the video, there'll be like a, a post roll ad that I have to watch before oh, I then go re-roll the, the video again. And it's just like, ah, <laughs> so I just I leave this. There's so many YouTube this. videos I don't see because of ads. Like yeah. no joke, I they, I find them so offensive because I, I, we talked about this. I don't care. I don't care about your advertisement. I really don't. Yeah. The like the the videos at the beginning, the middle, the end of YouTube videos. I don't think I've ever clicked through, purchased them, or even thought about them later. I couldn't tell you what I've seen. Dude, my like, brain. I'm not your target audience. Yeah. So my stop brain wasting my time. Yeah, my brain is trained to black out and forget whatever it is <laughs> yes, that you just showed yes. me. I can't even tell you what I what typically gets advertised. The only it, thing, it, well, but it makes me angry. I will say, yeah. <laughs> so I don't struggle with anger around that, but <laughs> I mean, I will say there is an absolute plethora of O'Reilly's Auto Parts videos or or ads that I get when I watch car videos. But that's funny. Um, also, it's like the only place I can buy car parts anywhere near me. So I would be buying things there anyway. So it doesn't matter. That's funny. That's too funny. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, but... I like there, there probably is a point because I'm so annoyed by by the ads where I would do it. I, I think $7 a month is more than I'm willing to pay for that though. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm getting pulled into this subscription stuff. I just keep like in my head, it's like, eh, it's just five bucks. Just month. $7. Yeah, it's just seven bucks a month. The, eh, and we just, just talked about this. I know. I know. But it adds <laughs> up, man. It adds up. If you're paying seven bucks a month, that's $84 for that service, right? And let's say you do, you have like six little quote unquote $7 a month things. That's 500 bucks a year. So yeah. anyway, okay. Uh, what else is next here? Uh, yeah, we've got, um, this is a wild one that I wanted to dig into that I just never did. Uh, I haven't yet anyway. Female, female journalists and activists share how they were targeted and harassed by authoritarian regimes through hack Whoa. and leak attacks using the Pegasus spyware. Um, I saw not, some of this stuff on scary. Twitter. Yeah, I, I don't know, but it's like, here's another uh, French government finds evidence of NSO's Pegasus malware on phones of yeah. three French journalists and has referred its findings to the Paris public prosecutor's office. But but that that title again it was it this is 
female activists yes specifically, high, high like profile female journalists machines. not just activists but like journalists even just okay. people reporting the news and activists are claiming they've allegedly been targeted and harassed so am i to take from that that authoritarian regimes are particularly concerned about women with voices i don't know i i, I can't I'm say that's terribly surprising but kind of yeah yeah. I mean, you can see like one of the, one of the ladies here, she says, I'm used to being harassed online, which as an aside, a dad yeah, of four daughters, geez. every time I see this stuff on Twitter, I'm just like, it's I'm trying hard. to, yeah, but I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to react whenever I find out this is happening to my daughters. Yeah. Same. You know, I'm, like I it just one daughter, but that's enough. It gets me. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's enough. Uh, it's not a competition in I amounts mean, I, of, I guess it's not like, even that. It's like one time you can be offended by this, even if you don't have daughters, by the way. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> uh, that's absolutely true. But it's just like, how am I going to react whenever yeah. I see some of the things that happen online happening to my very own daughters? Right. And it frustrates me enough just to see it happening to my friends. Sure. But I can't do anything about like that for them. I don't know. Like, how do you, I don't know. What do you do? Yeah. How, how do we approach it? What's the know, best but, way to be a. But she says, um, well, maybe there is something I could do. I don't know. But I'm used to being harassed online, but this was different. It was as if someone had entered my home, my bedroom, my bathroom. I felt so unsafe Yikes. and traumatized. Right. And, and it's just, just knowing that there's a, a governmental agency using spyware to hack into their mobile devices and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's wild. So, yeah. Yikes. Yeah. And then it, there's all kinds of comments around this. Like surveillance is never about safety. It's always about control. Um, but anyway, I, I'd like to dig into that, but I, I don't have enough to, to speak on it more um, right now. So yeah, it sounds like an interesting topic. I, I'm not educated enough on exactly what happened there, um, yep. but I, I hate it. I can tell you that on the surface. That's I don't right. like any sort of targeted surveillance for those functions. I mean, I understand yeah. at least some of the arguments for targeted surveillance. I don't think it's necessarily bad, but as we've talked about a lot, it's uh, it, it usually starts innocuously enough and then it can creep out of control pretty fast and become right. downright scary or uncalled for without, uh, without much of a gap in between the two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the other ones I want to dig into, but I haven't yet, um, is all the stuff that uh, is coming out about Zuck talking about the metaverse um, and how he's switching Facebook to being a quote-unquote metaverse company. I don't know um, what that means. It, it's it's the experience of your physical universe and a virtual universe together, right? If you think about like metadata or sure. um, meta skills or whatever, it's this meta level of living, this higher level of living where you're merging your physical reality with this virtual or augmented reality. That's the first time I've uh, ever actually described it out loud. So I hope I did it. Okay. It seemed reasonable. I but following uh, and picking up what you're putting down. I just, that's I what I understand I it, it as. Yeah. That's what I understand it as. Well, unless I put on my investor hat and then it sounds like it'll be easier to steal people's money that way. So go, 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 <laughs> go, go. Did you say go, go, go? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Gang, gang. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so, and I'm kind of torn on this, right? Because it's like, you know, Facebook, like in their latest quarterly earnings, one fourth, and I tweeted this out, got no reaction, which was kind of surprising. But I mean, everyone's probably just like, yep, sounds like normal. 
but literally like one Facebook. fourth one fourth of the planet is on Facebook daily. Ah, I right? think I saw that tweet. Yeah, these social media companies, they publish their monthly active users, their yeah. daily active users, right? All this kind of stuff. There's different levels that people want to track and you report to the street and all that kind of stuff and affects your earnings and or not your earnings, but your um your stock price and perception and all this kind of stuff. <sighs> One fourth, one fourth of the planet. So for them to say that they're going to do this, and I'm, I fully believe that, like, so if you if you look, God, there's so much to say about this, but if you look at how people <laughs> experience the world every day, or they any any like spare moment they have, their their noses are in their phone, yeah. right? And you have to imagine that there's going to be an evolution of that where the data that they're looking at or for gets presented visually in front of them. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's augmented in a way where you can experience things that aren't in your physical world real time with other people as if it's this other universe that's layered on top of your existing experience. Yeah. That's going right? to be crazy. It is. I don't know that crazy. that's a future I'm too keen to uh, be part of, but <laughs> which I'm again is <laughs> excited to watch it happen. <laughs> that's why I was <laughs> tweeting the, you know, hyperventilating, um, Big Bang Theory, dude, and like I'm ready to unplug and go live in the woods. <laughs> but like the the thing that concerns me is I can see us going that route, and then I can see the the grasp that Facebook has on the world, the globe's population. Yeah, right. And then you can see Facebook's just I mean everything we've talked about on this show every time like they're they're in court and they're being whatever it just doesn't feel good so anyway yeah I don't know apparently uh lots of people disagree with you they think it feels great and they want it and maybe that's the difference too. <laughs> I don't think they good. think it feels great it's like Stockholm syndrome right like they're well, yeah, captured but that's and they real can't too. get away and they somewhat like it you know? yeah but at know. some <laughs> point if you capture everybody is it really like stockholm syndrome like what you can you tell do you know <laughs> yes that's that's very dystopian but yeah. um obviously zuck and team thinks that this is the future people are interested in and if half of, or a quarter of the world's population is on facebook daily i i can't disagree with him yeah like well i i spend time on facebook never unless i'm going to marketplace which unfortunately has just become the place to buy and sell stuff yeah. um but like facebook as a social media platform nope yeah yep so i don't get it but it, clearly i'm not the majority here yeah well I mean, they just, um, what, a week ago, they announced a new Metaverse product group with plans to hire hundreds of staff led by the Instagram VP, uh, Vishal Shah, uh, reporting to the VR AR VP, Andrew Bosworth. Uh, so they're serious about it. I mean, that, that tells you a lot right there, right? The VR AR owns this Metaverse project. That's exactly. Uh, I mean, that's, that's what it is. a big deal. But eventually it won't be this hard screen in front of you with cameras that 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 project into a screen uh, to your eyes. Spike in your brain. It'll be stem. well, yeah, but it'll be a more transparent, <laughs> right? Like you you think about the very first cell phone that we had. Sure, more mixed reality, sure. There. Yeah. But it's gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be more mixed reality. I, I don't know. They might they might jump that quick I, I joke about a spike in your brainstem but when you look at what is being done or attempted in the you know human brain interface which if i'm not mistaken there was an article maybe it was last week week ago or two yeah. um facebook abandoned one of their 
uh, human brain interface or computer brain interface projects. Um, right. I think Neuralink is still chugging along, but I thought I thought Facebook. I thought I read something that Facebook abandoned one or their primary or only. I don't know. Um, but uh, I I think in our lifetimes we will probably see the beginnings of that. If not, you know, be surprised at how quickly it matures. But the idea that that you even need a device to get a projection is is probably wrong. Yeah, I think we'll be able to manipulate, you know, the ocular nerve before we uh, we stop, you know, watching news on YouTube. Full sure. Ads. Well, this is where some of that crazy, like the NFT stuff, comes in that I still don't get. But it's it's people betting on where this is going to go because if you have yeah. a metaverse where people live and play and work and operate you know, hang out, meet up in a digital universe that's overlaid, or maybe, you know, maybe it's like this, this transparent slider, right. Where you are a hundred percent in the physical world right now. And then when you pick up your phone and now you're looking at your phone, you're like a hundred percent in the, in the virtual world. And it's going to be this like slider don't, between. Don't them. forget to plug but, in your feeding tube before you go all the way to the right. <laughs> I know this is crazy. It's absolutely crazy, but it's just like it, it, my, yeah, my brain anyway. So NFT, and then you move to like the digital goods concepts where in this virtual uh, universe, right. That's, that's part of that metaverse. People are creating digital goods and there's a digital market. And I mean, that, that stuff already exists today, but you have to go and experience it through a screen, right? You have to go play a game that it's inside of. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. No, I don't I'm, know. There's some there's some compelling stuff that can happen yeah. in a world like that, but there's also plenty of dystopian ends. You know, go, oh, go for Black sure. Mirror. It's easy to it's always it's easy to yeah. see that going the wrong way. I mean, not unlike social media in general, but, right? Like with it. So we agree that it's dystopian. Does that mean it won't happen? No, not at all. I, <laughs> right? That's the, kind of the point I was about to make is that yeah. the, the idea of a social media platform started is a totally innocuous idea, different way to connect, stay in touch with people, you know, collect memories. Like all of this is good on the surface. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I'll, I'll even say for what I don't use Facebook for, it's a better place to keep family photographs than a, a freaking photo book. Right, like, yeah, because that'll that die in a house fire. Does make sense? There's yeah. a timeline, and it, it's or neat, get a and drink it's easier to it. share, and yeah. you're naturally going to curate it a little bit more than you probably would in your house, or at least many of us, right? Sure. But, but that's where it started, and and where it is now is this dumpster fire of echo chambers that you know just sort of incite us against each other, because, and I think the problem is that these weren't like good for all constructs. They were for-profit companies that built an ecosystem to sell you things or sell you to things to get you to, to consume. And, and I know that makes big evil companies the idea. It's not, it's not that they were evil or that they were out to do bad things. I actually doubt any of them really were with some exceptions, perhaps in, in very acute scenarios. But Naturally, if the goal is to produce revenue out of a platform like that, it's going to gravitate away from just this is a better way to do that old thing. And so, you know, like getting people addicted to it is a benefit to -hmm. the company. That's a terrible thing for humans. Yeah, stickiness, customer stickiness. Nobody nobody wants, or or I, I would 
I mean, I, nicotine. I would shudder to find out that somebody <laughs> caffeine was was excited about Sugar. the idea of like shackling somebody to something through addiction. Yeah. Outside of a business construct. So you, you why don't would they? like yeah. why would you be excited about that? Exactly. Yeah, so exactly. it's it, exactly the examples you should is it's sugar, it's nicotine, it's Caffeine. it's the, the yeah. gambling like experience you get in video games, you know, today, especially the yeah. you know free Adrenaline. play, pay to win yeah. kind of stuff. Like they're they're built to make your brain say, come back, come back, spend more time, do the thing, get the get more responses and and it's a depression response when you don't get what you want. So the algorithm is constantly updating to help you get more of that dopamine hit. Right. And it's like, ah, wait, this was supposed to be a cool place to stay in touch and share photos. And now it's literally a drug for your brain, but it's really good for the finances. So let's just keep rolling. Yeah. And in an announcement that inspired, this is a quote from a vice.com article. In an announcement that inspired a fervid wave of speculation, analysis, and mockery, uh, Mark Zuckerberg proclaimed that Facebook is going to be a metaverse company instead. Uh, so Facebook will pivot from being a website that is accessed through phones and laptops, Zuckerberg says, to a next-generation computing platform where the focus is on a user's presence, quote-unquote, and is accessed through VR via Facebook's Oculus headset or other Facebook products like Portal. You remember Portal? It's that screen. That, it, it's kind of oh, like yeah. the, it's the Echo it's their, Show. Yeah, it's, Echo it's their version of Echo Show. Yeah, yeah. So and they're they're also saying kind of somewhat related, but about fifty percent of um, or almost half the time spent on Facebook um, is is video experience, right? People just kind of flipping through uh, videos, right? But not when so, I last used Facebook. And the, yeah, and that Reels is their text. largest contributor to engagement growth. Yeah, so it's just becoming more visual experience. And anyway, whatever. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know what to think. Well, I, the- I can see, I can see some really interesting things there. You know what I think the problem is? Hmm. I think we have just enough experience with the conversation we we're just kind of having around social media platforms and how I think they they started with so much good and then they they maybe devolved into something that none of us really expected and, and none of us would have asked for in the first place. And I, that's a bit of a stretch, but I'm gonna stick with it. Um, I, I think part of the problem with this is that Facebook's reputation is dumpster fire. You know, yeah. it's, it's like, even though people love it, it, people think, well, wow, okay, so a quarter of the population is just addicted to garbage or it is an echo chamber. You see news about, you know, the 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 way that Facebook's algorithm works or the way that content mediation moderation does or doesn't function, right? So when you hear somebody say something like, we want to merge this digital realm and this physical realm and make you know a more sensory experience or or a more expansive, you know, metaverse, whatever. Like if if you took Facebook out of that context, I think it would be really exciting technically. But when you well, when you stitch Facebook into it, it comes with so much baggage, yeah, especially right. on the social and ethical and moral front, that it's like, ah, okay, now I can just see this going downhill faster, which is sad, I think, because the yeah. concept actually is kind of fascinating. So let me let me say it this way then, and I'll just leave the person out. But the CEO of another large tech company also said earlier this year that they are aiming to build an enterprise metaverse. This was at a keynote back in May, and then also mentioned on a July earnings call. 
The CEO described this as, quote, a new layer of the infrastructure stack where, quote, the digital and physical worlds converge. How do you feel about that? Are you still yeah, a little I, cautious because it was well, Facebook I'm, I'm previously? cautious because there are only a few people that could come at it and Facebook's one of the players. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think it, they're, they're inextricable at this point, right? Yeah. If you so talk this was, about this was Satya Nadella, CEO. I was going to say it's got to be Microsoft. I, yeah. I was I, I was totally going to guess that, yeah. um, and and it makes sense. But my, Microsoft doesn't make me feel a lot better about that, right? Yeah. And that's the problem is that it, I don't care who you named in this case, they have to be one of the billionaire trillionaire monoliths, right? From a, a corporate perspective, yeah. but as we were talking and, about, and they're all going to scare the hell out of me how they're going to do this. <laughs> yeah, it's like we were talking about earlier, though, and I think I mentioned it. Microsoft is trying to stay out of the the public persona in that kind of a way. So it's it's interesting. Yeah, but that doesn't make both... them good. It just makes them smart no. about perceiving good, right? Or being yeah, know, perceived that's... as good, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That and that that's not my point. But there, it's just it's interesting because all of this metaverse news is being kind of gawked at as this like Facebook dystopia, but Microsoft is kind of saying the same thing. And they also have the HoloLens and they also, I mean, they've got the capability to get there, but it's, it's just interesting, but they also don't I think, have, I think really what that tells you is that this is almost certainly going to happen, but yeah, again, what's unfortunate about I'm that is you, it's that it's certainly going to happen. A lot of this. <laughs> yeah. Fair whether enough. or not you want to participate in it, <laughs> but, but it may not look anything like the way that they're, they're projecting it does right now too, right? So yeah, it'll the picture look you have more in your head might not match anything. And that's the problem is that <laughs> I keep hearing him say the things in the technical side of my brain is like, cool, curious, awesome, neat. Dude, Let's see the more of that. But the, you're going like, to wake up. As soon as your eyes open, you're going to be experiencing ads, right? Yeah, and there's nothing rosy about that. Because <laughs> that's pay, exactly what yeah. I'm I'm just going to have to pay them $30 a month to not hate this. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's not cool. Like I, I'm excited about the tech, but I'm kind of sad about what it means because I can already see the baggage. Yeah, and it sucks. Um, somebody actually just DM'd me something. Said, "Hey, here's some material for Tech Breakfast." So let me just read it without even knowing what this is. Um, thank you, Amanda Hayes, for sending this over. Uh, Amazon will give you store credit for your biometric palm print in slightly creepy promo. I saw this headline. I did, I did not read see it. this. What on earth is that about? <laughs> What is the lowest amount you would sell your palm print for? This is likely not something you were expecting to ponder. However, Amazon is offering $10 in promotional credit to anyone who scans their palm print Why? at a checkout fee or checkout why? free store and links it to their Amazon account. Why? Why, 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 why? Uh, what, what do you what do you want to do with that? Why are you doing it? And I mean, but then the other side is how's that any different than giving my fingerprint to you know Samsung on my phone, right? Yeah, but it says um, so. It, it's all this contactless payment, right, for the store and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I, I remember seeing an article that contactless was contactless. That was your palm. Well, because you just hold it over. It, you don't actually touch anything. It, oh, it's saying fancy. you basically hold it like you know, I don't know, three or four inches above this little reader. Um, we saw them kind of joking about this a year or so ago, but now now Amazon is coming out saying we'll give you ten dollars to scan your palm, which seems negligible like i this is a this is just feels like a scam if you're gonna you're gonna give I don't know. a couple pennies I mean, to look let's i'm gonna i'm gonna be the devil's look, i want to do it or i don't want to do it i want to do it or i don't want to do it but how much is your palm worth anyways but ten dollars is not worth it i mean i'm going how much to do did, it and not how much did they pay you for your your retina scan right zero yeah. 
How much right. they pay you for your fingerprints? Zero. Yeah. I mean, let's let's be but honest. $10. They just paid you ten dollars, which is a lot more than they paid you for all your other personal information. Yeah, but I don't care. And paying me for it makes me makes it feel more creepy. Yeah, uh, but isn't that like messed cre- up? Like, think it, it about is. that for a second. Nothing about this is not messed up. Tyler. The way, let's, the way let's they got all of it before was just stealing it from you under the guise of it's free. Our service is free. Give us all your crap. All yeah. Of it. Yeah. Well, and if you <laughs> now didn't they're notice, actually offering to pay you for a snippet of uh, personal information, and everybody's like, "Oh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with that?" <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. But uh, and if you didn't know this, everyone's palm prints—they're um, like your fingerprints. Everyone's palm is unique, so and it's a unique biometric. Um, but yeah, I mean that's a great point. That's a great point. But I am curious why they think it's worth ten dollars. And it's not I mean, just like $10 cash. It's $10 Amazon credit. So you have to then give us the $10 back. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Oh, wow. What What are we doing? What are we doing? Okay. Are we done here? What else do we need to talk about? <laughs> I've, uh, I've given you six topics here. And uh, a lot of topics. Some good stuff. Maybe we wrap it up and, and call it a day for a Monday, unless you see anything else in there that... Uh, I don't, I don't think I've seen it. The news just didn't jump off the page to me today. Of course, okay. it's funny how, how that works sometimes. Yeah. Get there's some interesting, and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. There's some interesting stuff going on around. And I, I know, know nothing about where this officially stands because it seems to be slamming from guardrail to guardrail about people being tech companies, people being forced back into the office or saying, well, now mm-hmm. you only have to be here two days a week. And, or people saying like, if you come in, you have to wear a mask unless you're vaccinated to you're only allowed on site if you are vaccinated to yeah. uh, and, and anywhere in between. So I have no idea. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing those headlines fly all over the place, but I have no idea what's actually required at this point, but we'll be interesting to see how some of that, that goes. Well, so I think it's all over the place, right? I know yeah. my company just released their guidelines for some of that stuff. And, um, I was actually surprised. Uh, the one that, that caught me off guard, not a negative or a positive reaction, just surprise, was they basically said, if you go to an event, an extra you know, curricular, I don't, I don't know what else, I forget the phrasing, but effectively a gathering of people mm-hmm. where you either don't know the, the vaccinated status and there's unmasked, they, they're asking us to refrain from then getting together with lots of colleagues. So. Okay basically self-isolate on the back of an event that could cause you to spread it to lots of employees. Yeah. But um, we all talk to people and we all know that not everyone's going to abide by that. Of course. I but mean, it's just interesting. Of, it's their guidance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It only caught me off guard because it was so specific and it was very much like we're, we're not requiring you to do this, but if you do it, then we are asking that you do not, come and spend time with a bunch of employees, mm-hmm. which we're not requiring of you anyways. But yeah, I was surprised that that was explicitly stated. I think what will be more interesting to see is what they do actually force or what they do require. Right. I wonder what they're going to enforce um, right. in general, right? Like this even if they say to go on you require get... a vaccination to enter an office, yeah. how are you asking people to prove it? Yeah, exactly. That's where I was going to go with that. If you say, yeah. Well, I don't want to repeat what you just said. How do you get there? How do you do that? <laughs> How do you do that? I don't know. But or and yeah, or or do you even? Is it just a 
we expect some percentage efficacy off of asking outright. Yeah. And then that's enough. I don't know. But I, I, I've found a lot of articles and I, I haven't dug into it enough because it's one of those things that I find very interesting, but it doesn't affect me directly is the, um, just what, what appears to be this accelerated sort of battle over employees wanting to work from anywhere and work from home. And, uh, I think the the pandemic obviously forced an issue and proved out a lot of things that you know I think certain roles certainly in certain companies were arguing for a long time, which is I don't need to be here to do my job. I think yeah. uh, a year later after this, any anyone that was in a role that could actually be done remotely has probably proved that out quite nicely, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are exceptions too, but now you have a role. You just proved you could run it remotely. You could be successful. You could be productive. And you have a company that's asking you to come back. What does that mean? And are you going to have a lot of employees or just a few that are going to change? Like, what, What's going to happen to corporate cultures um, if, uh, if companies try to force you know, employee hands? Uh, what do you do with the, the mix, the groups that still want to get together? Like I, I'm one of those where I've been in a remote role. I feel like we talked about this a little bit on the show yeah. too, but like, I like having an office that we can go to, but I, I don't need it 24 seven. Yeah. Right. Me too. Like, and I've I'm not going to be there every day of the week. Yeah. 11 years. Of I love time. having collaborative spaces. Um, and, and that's, I mean, that's a bit of a nod at, you know, does, does VMware in this case or whoever I'm working for need a corporate headquarters or a building and that's the wrong way to say it a local building an office Meet building space, for me yeah. to go to probably no but but is it nice to have collaborative space that's clean and bright and maybe has snacks and stuff like that especially because we're in customer facing roles it's nice to be able to go somewhere with a nice whiteboard and markers that actually work and stuff like that but could they do that with uh you know a shared workspace and just give us a budget to go hit that when we need it which is twice yeah. a month as opposed to having a, an office you pay at least for all the time like, I think a lot of companies are going to revisit the, you know, the line items for that kind of stuff. But I'm, I'm still a bit surprised at the number of reports where it's just like, no, you're going back to the office and you're going to be here a minimum of, you know, 50% of the time or three days out of the week. And so we're, we're basically, we're going to have an office and you're going to justify that we have this office by being here because we're going to make you. Right? That's, that's what I hear when I it's read what it. it feels it's like, like, yes, we don't have, we, we're either going to have an office and you're damn well going to show up <laughs> <laughs> all right, or, or we're not. And you're all going to be remote, which I get like yeah. on the accounting, you scoop the those accounting green side beans of this. onto your plate. You're going to eat your green beans. <laughs> exactly. And like it. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, so I, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting because there seems to be a lot of just uh, like a proclamation of how this is going to be. And there seems to be a lot of bristling at the, you don't tell me what to do. Right. Even if it's yeah. what you agreed with, people are like, Oh, right. but now they're telling me I have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. Okay. Well, so, so let me, let me throw one more thing at you and then we can shut it down. And if you have no comments on this, then just go right into uh, shutting it down. <laughs> but I'm betting yeah, you at least have one no thing comments. to say on this one. Sounds That sounds like me. Yep. <laughs> no comment right. gates. Here we go. <laughs> Robinhood sold IPO shares to more than 300,000 of its customers. Buyers represented about 1.3% of the online brokerage's 22.5 million funded accounts. So 1.3% of the uh, the funded accounts that they have. They're 20, they're, wow, they have 22.5 million funded That's accounts? a lot. Now we know yeah. why they had an IPO. Um, yeah. Thoughts I, on that? I guess I don't know enough about... 
Well, I, I, do we even have precedent there? Like, when's the last time a company went IPO and their user base could be tracked purchasing it? Like, yeah. that's that's not a stat most companies get. Yeah, great point. So, so I don't know if that's good or that's bad, but it feels bad. But it might yeah, just feel bad they, because I I follow Wall Street bets and they've been poo pooing all over it. You know, how did they do it? Of GameStop. Didn't they didn't they set aside twenty five percent of the IPO for public? Yeah, well, for, for I or think retail. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was. I don't know how it was done. I don't know if it was specifically mm. like advertised on their app. I don't use. I mean, I actually I actually have a funded Robinhood app, but it was literally just to learn about the application. Um, I don't use it for trading or whatever, but um, well, whatever. I don't know. I don't know how it was done, but um, I, I get the impression to- that that was a disappointing uh, participation rate. Yeah, I, I really do. Like gut just tells me, even though that's yeah, a lot, one, 1. And, and I'd be curious yeah. to see the, the dollars, but 1.3% of your user base not being interested in your software. I mean, that's that's kind of like if Apple were private right now, well, Everybody that owns Robin an Hood iPhone represents. and could go and buy for 40 bucks uh, Apple stock. Like you're yeah. sitting there with this device that you love and you're giving it its bear hug and you're petting it and putting it on your pillow and doing all the things that iPhone owners do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then and then they offer you stock in the company for $40 and you're like, yeah, pass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's even fair. worse. It's like there's a pop-up on the phone that says you want some. Yeah. It's easy. We'll put it, it on your bill. Yeah, yes. That's how no. Oh. Based on the tweets I saw that people were buying in, it looked like it was the Robinhood interface, right? Which makes sense because, sure. and, and that's what that's what I think makes it doubly worse that it was only one point three percent is because of what the application represents, right? Well, but uh, but I also help. like I'm not, I don't know that it was heavily heavy handed in the like the advertising because no. I, I have a Robinhood account. Um, and, and well, I, I mean have, I knew actually, about it. I have some I, I have some leaps, so I'm I'm going to continue trading on it for a while. Uh, some options contracts. That I'm not a Robinhood fanboy, and I knew about it. I'm not. I'm not a fanboy in this. Like it, when it first came out, it was a stupid, simple interface. It was one of the best mobile experiences for trading, which is why I did it. Um, and it's been a super fun YOLO platform. Uh, obviously, they got themselves into some uh, uh, some we'll call it sentiment trouble over the the meme stock shutdown and, yeah. and all of the you know the hearings that came on the the back side of that right and I, I do think that that unfortunately for them had a pretty significant impact on their IPO which is Correct. interesting in all all and of itself but um I know I got an email that had a little bit of a commentary around the IPO but I don't ever remember seeing in the app not that I'm in it that often but I don't ever remember seeing in the app anything like go buy hood Right. Yeah. Um, the only reason I know the price of Hood right now is that I added it to the tracking stock so I can see it. Um, but I wasn't I wasn't keen to just go pick it up, even though when you when you say those numbers, like the number of users and stuff like that, I, I am I'm very curious to see how they're going to perform. I just I had a suspicion that the IPO is going to be a bit of a train wreck. And that means yeah. unpredictable, right? Like it down up who knew where, which way it was going to go or when or how. Sure. Um, but it, it also doesn't surprise me at all. I think it closed what eight percent down at the end of the week. Yeah. Um, so it fell, was, uh, quickly fell more than ten percent. It closed down eight percent though. Yeah. I think right. it closed eight. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're right. Little, I mean, but, but it raised <laughs> it raised two billion dollars. Yeah. It, it did what that. it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then it valued. And uh, the Vlad at 30. himself sold one hundred and thirty million, didn't he? 
like 130 Did million really? in shares. Yeah, I think so. So wow. he uh, he printed he printed his money, and that's the thing. It's like you rock it all you want. It's not like they went home and cried. They yeah. uh, they they well, cheers everybody. I'm sure somebody sure. will sue them for screwing it up, but not, they're probably getting sued already. Yeah, and that's fine because they're printing money, and it doesn't matter. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, it valued the company at 32 billion. Oh no. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, what was me? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Take your Shut it down, man. Good conversation. Good conversation. Yep. All right. That brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. Thanks for joining us. We enjoyed having you. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you on Wednesday. We hope. Man, we've been having some trouble getting together lately. We're done with that, though. We're going we're gonna to meet every, every day, right? Where's that Russ guy? Where is that I mean, Russ we're, guy? we've been on two days in a row. Where's Russ? He hasn't been on in yeah. like two weeks. Russ, what happened to where him? Where are you at? He's mm-hmm. listening? No, he's not listening. He's not listening. He just needs to come Hi. on the show and announce why he's not here so that yeah. people can know seriously tell everybody all right ah. he's not in a submarine i'll say that <laughs> okay okay <specific>. bye <laughs> bye everybody <laughs>